Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur. That's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In each episode, we have a special guest joining SAF in discussion with journalist and broadcaster Adrian Kibler. Once again, SAF and Adrian are in conversation with Professor Paul Cadman. This time they're talking about giving back and the importance of corporate responsibility. So let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome again to the Canny Conversation with a Cause, a conversation that we very much hope will captivate your curiosity cannily. And uh, I'm Adrian Kibler and with me, Safraz Ali. Saf, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Adrian. Good to see you again. Um, we've you. got the pleasure of the company with Professor, Professor Paul Cadman with us today. Uh, and we couldn't really have a better person than Paul because we're going to talk about giving back. We're going to talk about doing the right thing, um, often known as corporate uh, social responsibility. And few few people better to talk about that than Paul, who's had a a long history, both individually and uh, and as a businessman, of giving back to the community. Um, Paul's won many awards for his charitable work. In 2021, he led an initiative with Art and Business, uh, and he's also worked with numerous charities, including St. Basil's, which helps homeless young people, and the Acorns Charity um, in Birmingham that helps to care for children with life-limiting uh, illnesses and support their family. Safra's likewise has been very heavily involved in um, giving back to his community through some charitable um, activities, you know, including supporting a, a local football team and all sorts of other things as well. So, first of all, Paul, Saf, um, why? why? Why do you give back? Um, can I just add some value to the opening speech there as well? I'm a board member, uh, trustee of Steps to Work, which is a charity that's given tens of thousands of people jobs. Things like that have been going a number of years and things like that. I'm involved with, the same, with BYSA, same as Saf first, it's a local community. Employability UK. I'm a patron of Employability UK. Of course, St Basil's. I'm a board member and trustee of that. I'm the vice president of Acorns. There's two or three other organisations that surround giving and around doing the right thing. So there's different organisations for different things. So WhatsApp is particularly proud, which is World Against Single-Use Plastic. So that's my environmental credentials and things like that. We're going to be here all night if I carry on with this fire and that sort of thing. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you for recognising me for my uh, charitable contributions, giving back to society. I always want to be known as the quiet change maker. Always want to sit in the background and never like the, uh, the spotlight, the recognition of things like that. So today I may be squirming in occasions a little bit because I want to be kept out of the, uh, the light. But we'll, we'll see where it takes us today. Saf, a bit about your charitable work. I mean, I know you support a football club in, for young people in an inner city area and, and a whole host of other things as well. So why? Why? I mean, my, my, most of my work is, is, is uh, in the third sector, so voluntary uh, uh, community organisations. 
um, you know, social enterprise. So organizations are, are doing uh, the right thing, but also at the same time, it's a business. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a profit for purpose. You know, you, you know, we know the charity sector. There's also the, you know, the, the third sector in terms of community organizations, voluntary organizations, and then you've got not-for-profit organizations. And then, you know, what the, the preferred term that we've got is profit for purpose type of organizations as well. And that's our thing. Uh, you know, we're working in the sector in terms of health and social care ourselves, in terms of our business, uh, employability, getting people back into employment, uh, upskilling, reskilling individuals, uh, and also in terms of the adoption of foster care side of things. So that's from a business perspective, but also from a profit for purpose perspective as well. So been doing that since sort of 1999, so you know, 22, 23 years. Um, you know, my life started off really uh, looking at that time, looking to add value to my CV. So I was very much careers driven. I was thinking to myself, you know, I want to broaden my experience, look at, you know, what I was going to do. And one of the ways that careers advisors or mentors do say is consider uh, volunteering. And I really got into the whole education sector at the time. And I thought, you know what, this is a bit more than just adding something onto my CV. This is really now a passion. And so that passion was gifted to me uh, by chance because of the people that were there, the environment, the fact that I could make an impact, make a difference. And that's really led me on to getting involved wherever I can, particularly if you can make impact. And I know, you know, it's a big thing at the moment in terms of CSR, corporate social responsibility. You know, it's very competitive as well in terms of that particular market. And, you know, we've got much, many more organizations getting involved, even the charitable sector. You know, it's a very competitive market out there and, and everybody's trying to grab your attention and, and differentiate ourselves and really it depends on you know what works for you and what where what you think you can you know where you can think you can make more most impact. Yeah, I mean there are obviously thousands of good causes, yeah. local, national, international. So Paul, how, how do you decide what you're going to support? Because we're the best one in the world. You know, you can't you can't support everything. So what's the criteria that you use? I never say no. I don't always give anybody asks for help, I'll always give them help, whether it's advice, whether it's money, whether it's support, whether it's profile or whether it's contact that will lead them to, to, to where they want to be. Got a reputation for that. And I, and I think to, to start my journey was around my parents. My parents would always look after people, support people and things like that, where we came from. We, you know, families, friends would come around and things like that. They'd share food and, and, and it was always that giving, sharing, helping nature that's kind of stayed with us through our life trying to choose what we do so I, I always look at the strategic big plan that you know you talk about feeding somebody today and and to that but you say you know give somebody yeah. a fishing rod they can feed themselves to this to that give them the, the the tools they can become they can be at the farm themselves don't know the exact terminologies yeah. far wiser people have, have, have laid facts down my, my legacy is going to be around changing destiny of people so we talked about generational things. I want to train somebody today that reflects two or three generations, you know, father, daughter, son, father's father, and so on and so on. Grandfather becomes the lead, grandmother becomes the lead, and generations change. So my strategic approach is around getting rid of poverty and, and trying to change the world in a positive way. So we, we wrote some things around what we should do, what we mean, what happens. So I, I coined a phrase about um, 
changing the world by one opportunity at a time. You know, and I've got a, a, a motto that goes on my Twitter and my LinkedIn and everything else like that. And I'd encourage everybody to read that because that's what I truly believe. It's a long way of answering a question, but, it, but it's a way of giving back and making the largest impact possible. Seth, in terms of, of your giving back, uh, how, how do you decide who you want to give your time and support to? I mean, I, I, I answer that question on LinkedIn because LinkedIn uh, talks about causes and I, it's got a long list. And I've, and I've put down um, uh, education, health, uh, poverty alleviation is one of the, was one of the categories. And there were my things in, in terms of the, the top thing. And I know other people you know, have got you know, animals and various other things and so forth. And, and from my perspective, everybody's there doing the, you know, the right thing and, you know, for, for themselves. People have certain causes that, are, that mean the, the field a little bit closer to. Uh, you know, sports is something that you know, we're, we're supporting and sponsoring. Uh, anything to do with education, particularly lifelong learning, adult education, uh, getting people out of that poverty trap. You know, it's a big thing in terms of in-work poverty. So there's people who are in the workplace working, but they can't seem to get out of that situation where they can get onto that career ladder. So that's a big thing for us in terms of in-work poverty. And if I can come in there, I mean, this year is 2022, and it is the golden opportunity for Birmingham. Billions of people will be looking at us, looking at the successes of the Commonwealth Games, look at the successes of what's happening. The city is incredible. The billions of pounds being invested in the city. Industry, you know, and sort of politicians and some of the business leaders are doing a fabulous job. But actually, look at the underbelly of the city. Over 40% of our children are below the poverty line. We've got a lot to do. We, we, we need to make a difference. Safraz is quite right talking about education and things like that. Lifting people out of poverty is around education and is around opportunities. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point about the Commonwealth Games. You, you, obviously, you see that as being a, a great plus for the city. Some people see it as a bit of a vanity project and see it in terms of, you know, we've got a city that's got a vibrant, beating heart, but the suburbs, if you go into many of the suburbs, you know, they're in terminal decline. So... That's an interesting point. Do you think, Seth, that motivation, how important is motivation in terms of why people support good causes? I'm thinking in terms of, you know, some people support good causes because they think they should and it's the right thing to do. And let's be perfectly honest, some people support good causes and, and, and give to charity because they see it as a way of, of promoting themselves and perhaps there's nothing wrong with that. If they're doing the right thing, then then maybe that's that's okay. But in motivation, how is important is that for you? On a, on a personal level, I mean, uh, giving back and, and charity is part of our religion, you know, the Islamic Islamic faith. You know, so we 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 you know we're prescribed in some, in some aspects two and a half percent of our wealth is you know it comes to charities and you know the facts are there that most the Muslim community is big in terms of being back. You've also got the Sikh community who are well known in terms of pushing themselves out there, particularly when whenever there's a there's an issue or there's a concern, they're they're out there in force in terms of giving back. Uh, you know, feeding the homeless is something that both uh, communities are are doing on their own back. And what you find is that in some cases it's small groups of people collectively it's not even a charity it's sometimes 
uh, individuals coming together, setting up an organization, and they're doing that continuously. And, and when somebody's uh, doing that consistently, day in, day out, five days a week, seven days a week, it's not about branding and so forth. It is about a lifetime commitment and people really coming to these courses. Uh, yes, there's individuals out there who might uh, see, see it as a branding opportunity or they might see it as, as that. And I would encourage that as well because every penny counts and you know, it does make a difference. And people have their own perspective and things. I wouldn't necessarily judge anybody in terms of what their reasons are. You just look at the result that they do, the impact that they do, and you try and encourage everybody in any way they can. I think for me, we can, we can draw on certain religious uh, connotations and things like that. All religions have a mindset of giving back and things like that. You mentioned the Sikhs. You look at the uh, the Gurdwara on the Soho Road. You know, I visited there a, a couple of weeks ago. I had the privilege of spending time with Vice Sadly. Uh, Amrik Singh was particularly close to him. They, they give away 25,000 meals a week and never tell anybody about anything. It's their seekers and that they keep things close to the chest. I think for me, when you, when you ask the question about why giving, why giving back, why do that? Some people do do it for profile. Do They do switch that button. I'm going to now do something for recognition to give back. The recognition's fine. The giving back. I think the, the, the way that I would answer this, people talk to me about being a prolific networker and things like that. Your networking skills are really good. You don't turn it on and off. Networking is a lifestyle, as is giving back. Yeah. Giving back is a lifestyle. You know, you don't turn it on, turn it off. You continually do that. From opening the door to somebody who walks in, that, that, that's a gesture. That's giving something to putting some money in somebody's pocket, to feeding somebody, to raising some money, creating an initiative, supporting a charity, taking a responsibility, you know, under the charity's uh, commission or anything like that. It is giving back. It's a, it's a way of it's a way appreci- it's a, yeah, appreciating what you've got. You know, appreciating the fact that you know you you know we're we're very you know uh, grateful and we're very thankful in terms of where we are in life and the fact that we've got a, a roof over our heads and mm. that you know we've got food and so forth. You know, we're we're very privileged. We take it as granted, and uh, it's uh, something that uh, when you re- really look at it in terms of the world, the world economy as a whole and the world population as a whole, we're very lucky to be here. We're very lucky to to live the lives that we are living. It, 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 it's it's a privileged position in society. During lockdown, you talked about half a charity. You know, we won't go too much into the initiative, but it was around 250 dignitaries from the city coming forward to sign a print. Safra supported me on that. 250 people during lockdown, during, you know, isolation periods and everything else like that, you reach out to them and having a position in society where they go, okay, no problem. Where do you want me? How do we do this? Without question. So it's occupying a position where you can mobilise people and you can mobilise support. You don't need to be there. You, you know, just giving a small amount of support every day is a way ahead. Everybody has a role. It's you know, some people are, some people are at the front line. They've got the ideas. They're you know they're leading from the front, like you know Paul often does. There's other people who can contribute in their own way, even if it's a small way in terms of you know uh, sharing a post or liking a post. You know, a small monetary contribution, sharing with friends, whichever way we can all be generous in, in terms of some some aspects of it, and being even even if it's positivity in terms of you know encouraging encouragement, that's a big thing on its own as well. What would either, both of you say to those who would say that, you know, charitable giving is is all very well and the intention is fine, but actually it does a disbenefit because it lets the state off the hook. I mean, should we really be making sure that children have got food in their bellies because people donate to food banks? 
Should that not be a responsibility of, of, of the state? Should not um, providing decent end-of-life care for children and other people in the hospices, shouldn't that be about the state and not about the fact that people go around shaking tins? What do you think? I think from my perspective, there's a place for, the, for everything. I think the state can't do everything. You know, we've already, we already know that the government is quite large in itself in terms of, you know, how much revenue they collect. It's still not enough, you know, and it's going to come from somewhere. You know, where you've got charities or sort of laser focus in a particular area that make the biggest impact because they're closer to it. But government itself, you know, has been shrinking because we, we need to get best value for money. And it's not a way which works in the long run. Uh, and yes, the government's there. There's a support line. It's there in terms of certain aspects of it. You know, you've got your education, you've got your uh, health and well-being, uh, all of those sort of things. Government has has absolute role, but in some parts of it, in terms of you know, we mentioned uh, you know a number of times, Acorns as a charity, you know, they're at the front line. You know, uh, they're, they're doing the work. Uh, it's a it's a hospice. Yes, the you know NHS could pick it up, but NHS can't pick up everything as well. And the support that they're able to do, being closer to it. The value add that they're able to do is just it's just uh, a different way. It's not one or the other. You can have a, you can be in a position where both can work and both can play to their strengths. People want to see the impact. When you pay into uh, the government into the charities, you don't always see where the money's going, and that's a big issue for people. So they're more willing to pay because it's a choice thing, and people want to have more choice. They want to have more control, and, and they want to see. The results and the impact of their hard-earned cash. Paul, you, you, one of the charities that I know you do a lot of work with is St Basil's, which is a, a wonderful charity. But the fact that people are not sleeping under a bridge in a cardboard box should that really be down to, to charity? I mean, should should <coughs> is that something that you know is bigger than a charity? And doesn't government have a responsibility to make sure that people have got roofs over their heads and doesn't the fact that charities sort of do that or try to do that doesn't that kind of let the government off the hook do you think you, you seem to be gearing up towards the government and things like that society itself government-led has has a responsibility and does go so far to do things like that but literally what Safra says hyper-local issues you know relationships break down sons daughters fall out of families and mm-hmm. all extra stories move and are forced out of the family home and things like that. There's mechanisms in place for temporary hostels and things like that. But you talk about homeless people. Birmingham's done a fantastic job over the last couple of years to resolve the homeless situation. We're down to like 10 or so people that are living on the streets. And let's be honest, some of those people do not want to be, you know, put into accommodation and things like that. For whatever reason, they decide to live on the streets, which is fine. But we have thousands, something in the region of three and a half thousand families, family units that are in temporary accommodation. And that doesn't include people that are sofa surfing and things like that, whether they sometimes are thousands of those. So young, vulnerable people that, that are taken in by some basils and guided and things like that quite often have complex issues. Everybody's different as to why they end up in that situation. We talk about being away, you know, two or three uh, pay packets away from being homeless and things like that. So anyone was at some point for whatever reason to that. You also talk about, I mean, St. Basil's is a wonderful charity and it's noted that it's 50 years old this year. Hundreds of people have gone through there and made a real good success of their life. It's a fabulous Birmingham charity that has actually got a wider footprint 
then you think it's going across all of the Midlands from Oxford all the way up to Wolverhampton. And it comes back, I suppose, to, to the question that we started with, which was, you know, there are so many good causes, you know, homelessness, health causes, you know, addiction, domestic abuse, all of that kind of thing. And it must be so difficult for, for people like yourself, Saf, and yourself, Paul, to have to say, well, you know, my, my time is finite because time is finite, so you can't support everybody. I'm going to... I don't know if you're both familiar with Desert Island Disc, which is a programme on BBC Radio 4, which has been going for a lot of years. Oh, uh, it's way before my time. Uh, way before your time. Well, before you took your time. So anyway, <laughs> let, let, me start waffle, let me start waffling. Every guest on Desert Island Disc is allowed to choose eight discs. And at the end, the presenter says, if you're on Desert Island and there's a storm and they're all going to get washed away and you can save one of them, what would it be? So of all the charities that both of you are involved with and a, and, and a support, it's a real curveball, but you can only you could only support one of them. Which one would it be? I wouldn't name a charity because I'm involved in a number of charities and I think it was seven or eight different charities. Um, if I could save one charity, what would I do? I would look at vulnerable children, children who can't support themselves, who need support, be it through society, be it through medical conditions, be it family or be it financial um, conditions. So I would always favour supporting children. Sir? Uh, very similar. I mean, yeah, you, you look at you know the biggest impact in terms of, in terms of that, and uh, you know education, vulnerability, health. Those are sort of those, those are the areas which are you know core uh, to me as well. Education, as, a, as a per se, can probably make the biggest impact. You know, you can change a whole generation. Mm. Um, um, you know, through education, and it's probably the the, the the thing that has the biggest impact as well. All right. So you don't want to choose, and that's fair enough. Mm. Um, We've, we've looked back, but but let's sort of spend the last few minutes of this broadcast looking forward. Um, what are your plans for 2022, Paul, in terms of supporting good causes and, and all the rest of it? I wrote a list of goals for 2022, not specific business, just generally things around that. Two or three things were around businesses and things like that, but you get round to number three on the list. And it was to collectively raise £500,000 for charitable monies. And that's through longevity, setting up activities and things like that. And will repeat, repeat. So I personally put forward, no, I'm not going to raise every penny, but I'm going to manage to pull in half a million pounds. I'm going to put 10,000 people into jobs. I'm going to put 20,000 courses delivered. We're getting uh, new qualifications for people starting out lifelong learning. I'm going to look at people with opportunities for students and things like that, work placements. Work placements for me, start at school, goes into students, so, you know, further education, higher education. But it also goes into adults. You know, I challenge you, when you've got a week's holiday, why don't you do work placement? Go do something else. You know, have a look at something else like that. So to be able to do that, so I suggested that I would put my name to a thousand work placements, be through universities and to that. So my whole list is there, and it talks about guiding BYSA through its 20th year, supporting uh, St Basil's on its 50th year, talking about better pathways on its 70th year wow. next year, and it talks about the things that I'm going to look forward to doing around Steps to Works and Starting Point recruitment. Those are my rough guides, and I sat and wrote those a few weeks before the year started. Uh, and as probably of the earlier with uh, an accolade that you you got last year. I mean, are, are most of your charitable work connected with 
charities that are local in the Birmingham area, or do you do national as well? So I've done some things internationally. I mean, the big drive for me is Wassel. So it was uh, it was Wassel against single-use plastic, working with, with Rashid Gatrad, who's an absolute inspiration. He's a dynamo. He's about in his 70s. He's got more get-up-and-go than me, the majority of people. That was Wassel against single-use plastic. It's now world against single-use plastic, and we're represented in 17 countries now. Mm-hmm. So that's my international reach around environmental, environmental changes, changes for good education and things like that. So I have got international reach, but very much focused on the educational points and everything else like that in the UK. But the, some of the platforms, some of the things we've got can go across international. So I'm very keen on supporting people in India, lifting poverty, lifting education across India, Pakistan, and looking at South America, and we're looking at the Caribbean and things like that. It's opportunities around education for that point. Saf, what have you got in mind for the coming year? You know that uh, I went to Kashmir and Pakistan in the period of December and one of the things that if you are following me on social media, you'll, wake up, you'll, you'll see the fact that I visited uh, six charities there, uh, all doing different things. Uh, you know, Muslim Hands was one of them, Kashmir Orphan Relief Trust was another one. I, could, I, could, I actually wanted to see firsthand the impact that they're doing. You know, and some of these charities, particularly in the month of Ramadan, are all over yeah. Yeah, the, the the media and, and so forth and you know the culture continuously on our Google ads and so forth and I thought to myself yes um, I recognise the name but let me see Google first and the operation what they're doing and so forth and I was very impressed with that so that's something that I committed to myself or family committed to uh, uh, in in uh, uh, December while we were there uh, in terms of the organisation pathway group we've got you know we're you know we're committed to the United Nations. Uh, global goals, so sustainable development goals. And uh, so we've got certain targets in terms of environmental, <coughs> certain targets in terms of buying locally, uh, certain targets also in terms of our staff giving back. So, you know, we talk about business in the community. So we want to encourage, like Paul said, our staff to give maybe at least start off with giving a day back or getting involved with charities uh, or organizations. So we're encouraging them to, you know, sit on, sit on sort of committees, you know, go out there and raise, and even if it's an animal dog for their birthday, to to nominate a charity as a starting point. So you know, so there's a whole sort of plan that we've got from a business perspective, and from a personal perspective, and you know, from my family, we've made a commitment to to some causes, but at the same time, the causes that we've already been you know working with to continue to support in any way we can. So the Birmingham Youth Supports Academy, the Jabs. Academy, a number of educational trusts, a number of uh, homeless trusts that, that, that were supporting. So carry on with those, but actually doing more uh, and encouraging others as well to be, to, to to pick this up and and, uh, and uh, make that your passion. Finally, what would you both say to somebody who's thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't mind giving a bit of time to charity. Why should I do it? I mean, I, I, I guess you might be saying it. You might be giving, but you'll also get a lot back as well. Is that fair in terms of, you know, if you if you support a charity, you're picking up skills, you're meeting people and all the rest of it. So it's not just a one-way street, is it, Paul? When we uh, we started uh, Ambassadors, Acorns Ambassadors, and we started Business Club, you pay £10 a month for the Business Club, you're invited to be an ambassador and things like that. I always say it's a two-way street, it's reciprocal. You must make gain. And from that, and then you talk about the feel-good factor of doing the right things for the right reasons, back to doing that the community of giving charitable mindsets comes together and they support the charity and they support their 
peers. So you will gain, you'll gain interest, business opportunities out of giving back in charity. Some of the, some of the major things that's happened to me in business is because of my profile and my connections to charity. And it's critically important that is be that nice go-to person that's trusted that can deliver for you. And a lot of people in charity sit in that, into that frame. I mean, I used to have a, front, a, a sort of a, an outlook to say, you know, if any uh, volunteers are people who are sort of in their retirement, because, you know, that's an element of them giving back, or volunteers are people who are early in their career and that's adding to the CV. But it's much more than that. The community, the, the impact that you have, and, you know, it's all about partly, you know, being involved with different aspects of it and broadening your own horizons and opening your own mind and, and seeing the fact that, you know, there's a world out there and you can, you yourself can make a difference. Paul, you've given your time to us today and, and we're incredibly grateful for that because we know you're a busy man. Yes. Saf uh, and Paul, tr- tremendous insight and uh, I hope that our listeners have, uh, uh, have got some thoughts about how they might be able to support good causes. And unfortunately, time has beaten us as it always does. We're going to bring this canny conversation uh, with a cause to a close. Uh, We're going to hope that you enjoyed listening. We really do value your feedback. And if you feel you want to like or subscribe, then, uh, then that would be wonderful. But until the next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with the Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safras Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk. Canny Conversations with the Cause are produced by Pathway Group, who have a mission to change lives through skills and work. And they do this through upskilling and reskilling individuals by getting them firstly into sustainable employment and tackling the talent and skills issues commonly faced by businesses. In addition to their core skills and employability business, Pathway Group also actively promote diversity, equality and inclusion and have initiated causes such as the BAME Apprentice Network, the BAME Apprenticeship Awards, and the Festival of Apprenticeships. This is a 1386 audio production. 